In John chapter 21, verses 20 through 25, we read this. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the brothers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. May the Lord bless the reading and the hearing of his holy word. First, I want to say as well, thank you all for coming this morning. If you're visiting with us, if you haven't received a gift, we've got them back on the table. We've got welcome cards there too, if you wouldn't mind filling that out so that we can contact you and thank you for coming. Back in the early, or the late 1950s to the early 1960s, there was a TV show that was called This Is Your Life. The show actually surprised a celebrity by walking them through their life in front of a live audience. Friends and family would share stories with them in this walk down memory lane. Now we've got something fairly similar these days. If you're on Facebook, you'll periodically get a see your memories or anniversaries or friendversaries notification. And then you can reshare all of your photos to get more likes from friends and family. And we know life is all about getting more Facebook likes, isn't it? Well, as we celebrate our risen Savior this morning, it might be a good time for all of us to do a this is your life reflection. Take a moment, take a deep breath to take a break from the fast pace of life and think about your life. Think about your past. Think about your present. Think about maybe where you're headed. And while you're doing that, maybe wonder what is a This Is Your Life TV show would look like for you. Maybe your life has been like a straight Kansas highway. You know where you're headed, and you're making tracks directly towards that destination. Or maybe your life's been more like this. There's a lot of detours. Every time you think you're making progress, your life runs into road construction, and you have to go out of your way before you can ever get back on track. Or maybe your life has moments where you got lost. You know, since GPS has become common, I never pay any attention to where I'm going. Without GPS, I'd always be lost. And even with GPS, I sometimes get lost. Or could your life be best represented by stop-and-go traffic? Every time you move forward about two feet, you've got to stop, and you have to wait and wait and wait. And it's frustrating, especially for those of us who are impatient. 
Years ago, I attended an e-free church conference, and during that conference, Covenant Seminary professor Zach Eswine shed new light on the passage out of John's Gospel that we've been reading through this morning. He pointed out that in John 21 that Jesus took Peter on a this-is-your-life journey. And we're going to follow Dr. Eswine's lead and look at Peter's life as presented in John 21. Because Peter's life has a lot of similarities to your life and to my life. In the very first verse of John 21, it says this. It says, after, Jesus, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this way. And those last words are really important. And he revealed himself in this way. They're easy to miss. But Jesus revealed himself to Peter by providing subtle reminders of Peter's journey with him through life the last three years. In the first scene in our Peter and ours, this is your life story, God got Peter's attention and maybe God got our attention. Now, as you look back and you read this scripture, we don't know exactly how long after Jesus' resurrection it was when Peter's This Is Your Life story took place. But it was likely near the end of Jesus' 40 days on earth. The disciples had already been visited by Jesus, but that they really weren't sure what they were supposed to do next. And so they did what most of us would do in that situation. They went back to doing what they knew. Peter said, hey guys, you want to go fishing? And so they went fishing. And just as the sun was shining, Jesus showed up on the shore. The disciples couldn't see who it was, but Jesus shouted to them. He said, hey, did you catch anything? Nope. Well, Jesus then said, cast your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. And John then wrote, he said, so they cast it, and now they were, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the large quantity of fish. Later in the passage, we learn that they caught 153 fish. Exactly 153. You know, fishermen are always proud of big catches. And so one of the guys might have said, you know, how many fish do you think we've got in the net? And someone else would probably, well, let's count them. And God got their attention with a huge haul of fish. But this haul of fish had to remind them of something else. There'd been, it was another night when there had been no success. And on that morning, Jesus convinced the guys to fish just a little bit more. And we know they ended up with a huge catch. And so I'd ask you just to take a moment and think, what has God done in your life to get your attention? God might have gotten your attention by doing something amazing. Maybe he cured a terrible illness. Or he might have gotten us out of an impossible jam. Maybe we deserve punishment for something we had done or not done, and we were shown grace. God often gets our attention by whispering in our ear. We might not have actually heard his voice, but we know at that moment that it was God who was talking to us. Or maybe a friend got their act together and they told us that they couldn't have done it without God and we were impressed. And sometimes, in fact, I think very often, God will use suffering to get our attention. 
And in the suffering, God shows us how much we need him. And then, so what happens next is really up to us. When Jesus provided that first miracle of a catch of fish for the disciples, that very first one, they dropped their nets, they dropped their entire way of living, they left their homes, and they followed him. Now, what happens with us a lot of times is too often God gets our attention, and then we forget. I've had people come up to me after a funeral and say, you know, that was amazing. All that stuff you said about Jesus has caused me to think about my life. I've never thought about my life this way. And sadly, many of those funeral wake-up calls, they don't last more than a couple days. Soon that person is right back to their old ways. Now, Jesus certainly got the attention of not only the people, but the world by physically rising from the dead 2,000 years ago. The Bible tells us that 500 people saw him over the next 40 days. It really happened. And that should get our attention. It's, it's too important to ever forget. And it can lead to a step of faith. And the next step in our journey of this is your life is we took a step of faith. We took a step of faith. Some of you might remember an Indiana Jones movie years ago where there was a scene where Indiana was trying to save his dad. And he came to this huge chasm, and it was hundreds of feet deep. Indiana had to get over to the other side. And to do so, he had to take a step of faith. His guide that was with him suggested he step off the cliff into thin air. I don't think I'd have listened to that guide. Death seems certain, but somehow a walkway appeared. See, our steps of faith in our real life are usually much less dramatic. And yet they are critical life events in our story. Maybe you took a, guys, maybe you took a step of faith years ago when you asked that cute girl out on a date. Now you've been married 15 or maybe 50 years. It could be that God put a desire on your heart to change your career path. It seemed foolish at the time, but for some reason you just knew that you had to do it. And it turned out to be the right move. Or maybe, maybe you're here today because of a, a step of faith. A, a friend or family member invited you to church, and your very first thought was to say, no, I don't want to do that. But for some reason, you didn't say no. You said yes. And here you are this morning. Jesus reminded Peter of a step of faith in verse 7 of our reading. The verse says, the disciple whom Jesus loved, and that's John, therefore said to people, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and he threw himself into the sea. You might remember, there was another time when Peter threw himself into the water. It was that night when Jesus came walking on the water to the disciples in the boat. It's found in Matthew 14, and it says, And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And so Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Now we, we read that passage and we think, well, yeah, you know what? Peter took his eyes off Jesus and he had to be rescued. 
But it's easy to forget that Peter got out of the boat. Nobody else got out of the boat. Peter took a great step of faith. That step of faith was a memory from Peter's old life. And Jesus actually used it as an invitation to his new life. The third scene in our This Is Your Life story and Peter's life and in our stories is to remember those times when we failed. You know, many times when we look back at our life, we see things that are enjoyable. But other times we look back and we see things that are just no fun. And those no fun parts happen most of the time when we remember our failures. And it happened to Peter. In John 21, 9, it says, When they got on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place which with fish laid out on it and bread. And Professor Zach Eswine points out that when John wrote of that charcoal fire or those coals, the Greek word used for charcoal or coals there is only found one other place in John's gospel. And it's found in John 18, 18, where it says, Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing there warming themselves. Peter was also with them standing and warming himself. In John 18, 18, Jesus had already been betrayed by Judas, and he'd been arrested. Peter was in the courtyard of the high priest where Jesus was being falsely accused and tried. Peter, at this point, had just denied that he knew Jesus. And he'd do it twice more. Peter failed big time. On the shore after the resurrection, Peter might have been reminded of that failure because of the charcoal fire. And the bad thing about failure is every one of us fails. We do it often. We fail each other. We fail ourselves. We fail God. And when we think about those times of failure, it doesn't feel good. It's humility. Let me try that again. It's humility. (laughs) Makes us humble. (laughs) Sometimes you just can't say the word. Some people dwell on their failures. They let their failures drag them down. And they never get beyond them, and that's not good. But other people just simply try to deny their failures. They act like the failure never happened. And that actually just adds to the failure. If you and I don't remember our failures, if we don't admit them, we're never going to grow. If we confess them, then Jesus can restore us. And that's the next scene in This Is Your Life. See, it's only when we face up to our failures, it's only when we face up to the sins that we've committed that we realize that we need forgiveness. And that's one of the things that's really hard for people to do. We really don't like to ask for forgiveness. I think because we have to admit we're wrong. But if we do, if we can admit that we failed and ask for forgiveness... Jesus has promised to restore us. You know, some of you might be sitting there this morning and you think, you know, I am beyond restoration. I, I'm kind of like the impossible home renovation. The foundation is shot, the floors are rotten, and the roof's got big holes in it. Don't even think about the faulty wiring and the leaking plumbing. You know, I, I've been a mess for years. There's no hope. 
And if you got that kind of thinking, you probably think, well, yeah, Jesus can forgive other people, but he can't forgive me. Well, if that's your thinking, you're wrong, because the Bible is filled with impossible restoration projects. David, the great King David, had an affair with Bathsheba and then had her husband killed in a battle. Moses killed an Egyptian. Jonah refused to go where God wanted him to go. Matthew lived much of his life as a hated tax collector. Paul, Paul persecuted Christians. And Peter, Peter denied knowing Jesus. And it's that same Peter who not that long before said he would die for Jesus. In verse 17, Jesus said to Peter for the third time, he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And the Bible tells us that Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And Peter said to him, he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. That's a powerful moment because not only did Jesus forgive Peter, he gave him a new job. Feeding Jesus' sheep meant that Peter was to teach, love, and care for those who would follow Jesus. Peter was restored. And the bottom line for us, as long as you're breathing, as long as you're still moving around, there there is hope for you. Jesus is the ultimate fixer-upper. He can fix even you. He can fix even me. Brings us to the fifth scene in our story. It happens when we declare Jesus is the Lord of our life. See, after Peter's restoration, Jesus switched from a this is your life review for Peter to a this is your new life for Peter. Peter's new life included leading the early church, but not everything was going to be exciting. Not everything was going to be enjoyable. Not everything was going to be easy for Peter from that time on. In verse 18, of our reading, Jesus said to Peter, he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you're going to stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And John then added these important words. He said, this he said to show by what kind of death Peter was to glorify God. Was pointing out that Peter was going to be martyred for his faith. Following Jesus isn't always easy. Sometimes he calls us to do really hard, really difficult things. He calls us to do things that we don't even really want to do. Jesus calls us, though, to trust our life to him. Now, you and I, we may never face physical harm. We might lose friends, we might lose family, we might face ridicule or other forms of persecution because we've chosen to be a Christ follower. I guarantee you we're going to have to sacrifice. We're going to have to sacrifice our self-centered way of living. Life's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's all about God. The sooner we learn that, the better our life will be. You know, as we travel through this, this is our life's journey. It's not over because something can happen to us along the way. We might get distracted. We might suffer for our faith. Peter did. And we get distracted too. We might be busy doing something. We say, oh, look, there's a squirrel or a butterfly. 
We get off track. In verses 21 and 22, it says, when, when Peter saw him, saw John, he said to Jesus, hey, Lord, what about this guy? What about this man? And Jesus said to him, well, if it's my will that he remain until I come, what's that to you, Peter? Peter had just heard that he was going to die for his faith. That was pretty shocking news. But then he immediately wondered about his friend and fellow disciple, John. He asked, what's going to happen to John? And Jesus basically said to him, he said, don't worry about him. You focus on me. And we're so like Peter. We worry about everybody else. We worry about someone, we say, well, why does his life seem easier than my life? Why do they have more money? I work hard. Why are their kids perfect and mine are headed to jail? Why don't they work as hard at church as I work at church? Why do they get all the recognition and praise and I don't get any? And when we're tempted to do that or when we do that, Jesus says, stop. Stop. What happens to them is none of your business. You follow me. And that's the last and never-ending scene to our This Is Your Life story. It happens when we answer Jesus' call to follow me. Those are among the last words rec recorded to Peter. They're the same words that Jesus said to Peter three years earlier. He said, follow me. And so in John chapter 21, we've now come full circle with Peter. Peter's beginning that new chapter of life of following Jesus. And of course, we know that Peter would do so. And we're called to do the same. There's one constant throughout Peter's this is your life story. Jesus was with him every single step of the way. And it's true for us as well. Jesus was there when God got our attention. When we trusted in Jesus, he vowed that he would never leave us. Jesus took our hand as we took that first step of faith. Jesus has seen our failures and he still loves us. He still forgives us. Jesus will restore us. He's the Lord of our life. Sometimes when we get distracted and we get off track, he gently or maybe forcefully pulls us back because he demands our attention. He calls us to a new life. It's the best life. And so this Easter, this Easter, maybe is the time to rededicate your life to Jesus. Maybe you've gotten distracted. Maybe the world's gotten really busy and you've kind of lost your focus. Vow today to focus on Jesus. Or maybe you've never trusted in Jesus. I'd encourage you today to put your trust in him. Put your life in his hands. And if you do that, talk to me or talk to somebody in this church and tell them about it. When you give your life to Jesus, your this-is-your-life story will never end. And that's the perfect ending. Amen.